Hello everyone, welcome to BYOB Pod. Now, if you've been keeping up with the feed, you'll know this week that we've already dropped an episode that featured reviews of Oppenheimer and Barbie. Now, that podcast was actually meant to be a preamble for talking about the absolute classic, which is Pretty Woman. But because we spoke so much, we decided to drop this in two separate episodes for you. So the next voices you'll hear are me, Ben Haynes, and also our behemoth of the podcast scene, Jack William Hussey. And we're going to launch straight into it and break down that beauty of a film, Pretty Woman. It's an interesting one this week, isn't it, mate? Because it's not technically either of our choice. It was it was circumstance that chose this film for us, wasn't it? I know, I had the best time, mate. I literally had the most fun, absolutely loved it. And I don't know whether, whether for people that maybe didn't get to the end of last week's pod, Jack and I went to Polston Lacey to the outdoor cinema to see Pretty Woman, um, and it was... It was absolutely class. I mean, we didn't go alone. We had our uh, had our partners there as well. We didn't we didn't have a mandate. Us two going to watch Pretty Women together. Me just bringing a box of a necklace in that I can snap onto your finger. <laughs> um, but we had our partners there as well, and it was just it was so nice. Like I can't. I can't get across how much I would recommend going to cinema screenings like this it's such a good vibe isn't it it really was it really was everyone there in camp chairs and i've not done i mean i've i think i've done one of the rooftop cinemas in east london somewhere because you know because like i say i'm so trendy in cinema <laughs> <laughs> unbelievably edgy but I've, I've i've not done one of these and they're they're becoming you know a lot more prevalent a part of like yeah. the british summertime experience now right these kind of outdoor yeah. cinema screenings it's not just kind of confined to old american movies or the flintstones seeing those drive-in theaters <laughs> and stuff like that anymore um so yeah it was it was it was great i mean the only thing that we kind of joked about at the time but was true is that when the film finished I was waiting for the genuinely in my head that switch was like I'm waiting for the lights to come up before I have to pick up my keys and everything. I was like, oh shit, no, Hang no, on. no, gonna Wait get the phone, phone yeah. torch out and try. It's and... eleven o'clock, <laughs> <laughs> and then we all got to try and like scamper out of the car park. But I didn't. I, do you know what? I didn't. Um, I, I hadn't realised just how kind of nice that idea is of being sat outside. Yeah. you know sort of very kind of under the stars just lovely warm evening as well that a real cut it was good a really quality screen wasn't it yeah good sound good screen and also just a film that i just absolutely love i love this film so much and um i, I, I don't know it's a two and a half hours or whatever it is but it, it Again, there's another one that I sat there. I know, I know you know almost every line, and I know almost every line. And I just sat there, even though I knew what was coming. I just sat there and just kind of sort of let the film just kind of lap over me like waves of it, just sort I, of like. I, I tell you what, Ben, I'm going to put you on the spot here, mate. I'm going to deal with your hospital pass because yes, hit me because 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 you because uh, you skulked out of. Um, the spoiler section. Yeah, Spoilers I, encouraged of oh, the Godfather. I'm going to throw it on you to spoil it. it in 60 seconds this yeah, week, mate. Yeah, I'll do Go it, on. man. I, I love this film. I'll do it right. <laughs> you got you got 60 seconds on the Let clock. Let me just get it going, yeah. I bet you're secretly livid at me, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> no, it's well, on the ones where I know the film quite well, I'm in a relatively good place. It just, but the idea of doing it for The Godfather, which is like the most one of the most intricate films of all time, oh, I just right. completely bottled that. Absolutely bottled it. So right. I've got I've got the timer up, mate. It's going to be one minute sixty seconds, starting in three and a two and a one. Okay, Julia Roberts plays Vivian, who is an escort, um, uh, and she's working on one evening when she's approached well, she's working alongside her mate Kit who's played played by Laura San Giacomo uh, she's approached one evening by Richard Gere who is Edward Lewis uh, a character that is incredibly wealthy and basically his job 
is to buy companies and then sell the parts off for more than the value of the company that he's he's bought in the first place. He's got a really creepy, grimy guy that he works with uh, <laughs> called Philip Stucky or Stucky as everyone calls him. And over the course of the film, we basically see this relationship building seconds. between Vivian and Edward as Edward hires Vivian for the week to basically keep him company and be at his beck and call. We kind of see their relationship building, seeing them getting more and more into each other whilst they never are allowed to kiss on the mouth because it's probably too personal and intimate. But ultimately, by the end of the film, we see that Richard Gere is sort of liberated. Oh, I got close. That, I got was, close. Close. that was good, mate. That was I good. Got, I got near enough. But it like... Good. It, do you know what it's one of those films. actually I, I texted a mate about this the other day hello Carl by the way I texted a mate the other day saying we were doing Pretty Woman and he said he'd never seen it and I just thought Pretty Woman is one of those films that every I just in my mind everyone's seen yeah do you know what I mean everyone just knows the story of Pretty Woman because it's it, it like it's so sort of I don't know, maybe I'm just a bit soppy and I love rom-coms. So in my mind, I just assume everyone else is the same. But I do, you could see from the people that were in the audience there the other night, it was a, it was like a good spread of people, right, that are all turning out. I don't think there's many people there watching it for the first time. No, no, I, I don't think so either. And, you know, <laughs> this is another one of my things that I kind of spun out about a bit after, you know, watching Barbie and Oppenheimer. I was thinking about like, God, you know what? Time is just going to pass and it's going to be 20, 30 years time and we're going to be doing one of those bloody outdoor cinemas being like watching, watching Barbie. Barbie and Oppenheimer, <laughs> a double back-to-back thing being like, remember when we went to watch this in 2023? Do you know what I mean? Like, We've got our God. grandkids sitting there listening to our old podcast. But Listen to you talking I, I, about Barbie. I need to give my head a rattle and get out of this. I think it's chronophobia. So let's not let's not scratch that one too much. To be fair, Oppenheimer does do as a film. It does do that to you. It kind of like traps yeah. you in there. You can't get out of it. But Nolan in general does woman. right. He's quite preoccupied oh, with time, time, but you know. And it, the, 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 enough it, about again, Nolan anyway. He does that thing with the ticking, right? Keeps the ticking going, so you can't escape it. Whereas a pretty woman. It felt the whole film feels like an escape. The whole film feels like I think. Do you know what? one of the, one of the markers that I'm going to lay down early doors? And this is kind of sad, and it's it's a bit sort of I guess uh, not tragic. It's just a bit sad, really. I, I'm going to accept and take it on the chin that there will probably be a lot of people that will be sitting there being like, "Nah, pretty woman." so much wrong with it so many things that don't hold up in 2023 why are you celebrating this film why are you saying that it's like that, that you that you love it this much when you know that there's stuff in it that really sh wouldn't fly if the film was meant to be made today the thing that i will say from the outset on this is that from the moment that we sat down and the film started i literally just sunk into my chair and we've talked about this in terms of watching soap operas or in terms of watching comedy films or, or comedy series. I sank into my chair and I just sort of smiled all the way through the film mm. and occasionally turned to you and had a little natter about something that we'd seen that we hadn't seen before or saw Christina. Or, do you want a coffee? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Should we go have another coffee? More popcorn, more chocolate. Um, and, and it just, it, it was just lovely. Like, I, yeah. I just got so much enjoyment from it i'm not gonna i didn't go away and it didn't make me question my life it didn't make me question like things that are going to happen in the future it just I, I i think that the simplicity of this is that really what you're watching is it's not really even though the characters we're looking at two characters going through a transformation self-discovery and stuff it's it's basically two hours of are these two people going to bend enough to an acceptable level that the other person is going to let their guard down, you know? Are they going to be vulnerable enough to let their guard down? And it's soppy and it's romantic and it's a bit of a fairy tale film, but I love it. It's so good. And I love Julia Roberts as well. <laughs> Would you like to know something interesting? Here's an interesting fact for you off the, off the bat, mate. Go on. Originally, Pretty Woman, um, it, the, the film was going to be titled 3000, I'm not sure yes, exactly yes, why yes. this is, but do, it was, do, it was yeah, go on. With the 3,000, it was going to be titled 3,000 because that was the amount of money that he pays her. 
Interesting. Okay. And it was supposed to be basically a much darker mm. look at the world of prostitution, the type of men that use prostitutes in the way that they do, at least, you know, in that time. I know kind of conversations around sex work have developed probably since the late 80s, early 90s. Um, but it was overall intended as this kind of dark cautionary tale with an unhappy ending, you know? Um, yeah. But I guess the studios got involved and uh, there were many rewrites and it evolved into, you know, this kind of rom-com that, that, that we see. But one of the things that I, I, I wanted to say kind of off, off the bat about it that I found quite interesting is that I'd remembered it more that uh, Julia Roberts's character was that she was like um, not really that she wasn't actually a sex worker at that point that she'd been kind of like driven to it because of circumstance and then her first client if you like was Richard Gere just so happened to be and that's where it happened I weirdly so, had that memory as well yeah I sort of kind of felt like that as well really yeah true. So, I, so I did have the I did find it quite interesting actually that she was just yet yeah, a fully fledged sex worker and they didn't shy away from that uh, that they did still tap into the reasons why you know they okay it may not have been done in a in a dark way and I'm sure we'll get onto that with fine wine or war crime but i did still find it quite interesting that the filmmakers did try to make a point as to you know how that can happen to anybody how somebody mm. can you know f fall onto hard times and end up having to rely on on doing something like that and i say this again through a totally non-judgmental kind of lens i'm just, it's just presented you know. as well and and the kind of key sequence that that I kind of, I, don't, I just had a bit of a double take up was she, maybe I just missed it when I was younger, but she was basically, they have the conversation where they suddenly are being really honest with each other. And you feel the film has transitioned into another place, right? Where they're suddenly, they're, I think they're both not wearing any clothes. So they're, they're post session. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and she sort of says, and I picked up a couple of regulars and, and and she she sort of talks about this sort of quite formulaic nature of what she does as if it's a job, um, and it I don't know it just it hit me a bit on this one that it was it actually does delve into her life a little bit more than I realised, mm. and I think that probably tells you a lot about or probably tells me a lot about myself in terms of the lens that I watched it through when I first watched it, very much kind of the idea of Richard Gere liberating this woman from this life that she doesn't want to live, and and actually now when I watched it slightly older as an adult, I'm seeing it as Julia Roberts' character Vivian also liberating him from a pretty crap existence that he's got as well. Um, a miserable, lonely kind of prison that he's made for himself, right? Yeah, and it doesn't look doesn't look happy at all. Clearly he's got like enormous daddy issues that he is is, is trying to work through, but there was a, Again, like that, I'll I'll save all of my just as a again like as a little asterisk here. I'll save all of my questions and all of my kind of um, all of my hang-ups for the fine one and war crime section. We can do a slightly extended version of that. Yeah, I do just want to touch on that. Julia Roberts as a kind of nineties actress and really as basically an, an icon. Oh my God, she is just amazing. It feels yeah. like she has this way of doing things in scenes. Like she's sort of like clicking her hands and like playing with her hands and awkwardly shuffling around. Just looking like she is magnificent at not fitting in. You know, and obviously she's wearing like a kind of, again, now iconic outfit, but she doesn't fit in naturally because of that anyway. But she is so good at being the centre point of, of every scene that she's in. Like mm. the, the film sort of like moves around her, but she's in these really grand settings, you know, like she's in this huge, um, big kind of penthouse and she manages to manipulate her body in such a way that she looks totally sort of feeble and and out of place even though she's the only person in there 
You know, like it's her and him yeah. alone. And yet she manages to make herself look like I, I, I literally have never been in somewhere like this and I don't know what to do with myself. And then at the same time, we kind of, you, you can't help but be just so drawn to her. You know, you're, I feel like you're on her side for the entire film. And that's down to her just being an incredible actress and, and nailing every beat in the film. But she, I, I sort of didn't realize she was, 23 I think at the time really maybe um so she had she'd done nothing like at that point she wasn't she then went on to have this incredible era like she was pretty much kind of she was about as big as it came in the 90s right she was she she had a series maybe five five or six films throughout the 90s that were just massive um and then she went on to do things like Ocean's Eleven and she did Closer and um, she's done loads of films since Erin Brockovich Erin Brockovich as well Jesus was Erin Brockovich late 90s that was what she won her Oscar for wasn't it yeah I, I, yeah I will say, say probably, oh is it okay, I was going to say yeah. 98 99 but yeah Notting Hill I mean Notting Hill is, is Notting Hill is um, I think my favourite film of all time I don't say it's really? the best film of all time, but I think it is my favourite film of all time. Yeah, happy place, right? It, it it's that it's that, and she's such a huge part of that as well. She just is phenomenal, and I at so many points I will give a shout out to Christina. At so many points, Christina just I just heard her saying to herself, "Oh my God, she's so beautiful," <laughs> saying it under her breath. It was quite funny. She's just she's got this in that film in Pretty Woman. She's got this disarming kind of she's got that quality about her and it's it's partly the script that she's been given obviously but it's the way in which she delivers it how she's got that childlike almost naivety but then can surprise people with the fact that you know she's actually a bit more kind of clued up than people give her credit for that this kind of this front that she puts on is maybe her way of allowing people to underestimate her and yeah. probably show more of their true selves to her you know if they if they do underestimate her and you do see that kind of like you say the rope dope effect come into in, into you know full play like the you know, the guy who sort of starts off as the antagonist, the hotel manager. Barney, um, Barney. Yeah, yeah man, I'm so glad you brought that up. What a character. Very taken by her by the end of it, you know. Like, their dynamic is absolutely, like, it's so nice, you know. Um, and, yeah, like I say, just like Julie Roberts, her performance throughout all of this, she just keeps it so light and she keeps it so fresh and you know i'm not going to be a pig about it but as christina says i mean she is absolutely stunning in this film as well yeah, you know incredible Which, you know it, it, it fulfills the brief does exactly what it says on the tin you know the name of the yeah, film so yeah i mean nails it every single part of it she just is incredible but i also look i'll throw it out there richard Gere is a handsome man oh man yeah swarthy he's, he's unbelievable He's got that kind of, he's got that classic film star kind of vibe about him. They don't really make him like that anymore. It's funny, people were talking about that, just to throw back to Oppenheimer, Josh Hartnett's um, performance in Oppenheimer. People were saying like, God, it's been a long time since we've had the Kevin Costner, Richard Gere guy in a film. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, such that's a good so shout. True. That's so true. It was know? nice to see him back in there, wasn't it? Because I sort yeah. of like, he was he was very much our era growing up, you know, 40 yeah, Days yeah. and 40 Nights, right? I think that yeah. was his. And then he was in, the was he in Black Hawk Down. Yeah, Black Maybe Hawk Down, in... The Faculty. So he a, had f a few of those type of movies. And then yeah. he sort of like slipped away a bit. But, um, but yeah, Richard Gere in this as well. He's like brilliant performance and again really right for the role although i think he might have been 20 years older than her at the time really yeah i mean he looks great and she i don't like i don't I, because the film is old right because the film came out in 1990 i don't, uh, to me julia roberts is just julia roberts you know her she's that film is locked in time but at the time she would have been 20 three or whatever and i think he would have been like 40 or something like that wow that's mad i didn't think he was that old at that time you know 
No, he does look great, doesn't he? He's sort of aged. Yeah. He's he's aged like a fine wine, even even now. I mean, he just looked magnificent at that era. He looks so so good. And I didn't even do... tell you what the last thing I'd seen him in. You know what? Well, I was going to say, what is his other? Did he do? Was he in another film with her? Did they do Runaway Bride? Maybe something. Like, I know one of his big ones was An Officer and a Gentleman. Oh, he did he Chicago. Was... Yeah, he did. Um, Primal Fear as well was enough. Yeah, Runaway Bride. That was the other one with. Wait, uh, did he, was he in Primal Fear? Yeah, yeah. What was he in Primal Fear? He was the main guy. He was the attorney. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what why in my head well. it, in my what head he was that was Harrison Ford. <laughs> No, I know what you mean. They, it's kind of that era. They all kind of blend into one. And but, yeah. and, and Richard Gears, the fugitive. Um, but is is that kind of like? There's so many of that style film, you know. And again, this was another thing, right? Even at the beginning, they all seem to have these kind of classic '90s things, like the helicopter cityscape shot. Where it's just sort of panning over right. traffic in 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 where it it could be Die Hard, but no, it's Pretty Woman. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. the same the same titles that you could that you used to use on word art in like year six projects coming up on the screen for the for the credit sequence, like at, at the beginning they're kind of like just bashing onto the screen these these classic sort of 90s graphics and i think that was part of the reason why why i, I felt so chill with it because it was it really was kind of like so many of these little ticks that just take your mind back to that place and you you, you then are in a, a bit of a safe spot you like you know where you're going yeah yeah you don't it doesn't require like again i know it's silly to compare this to oppenheimer but i from minute one of oppenheimer i was sat there like full focus like i have to give this everything you know like i i have to be totally in this because if i switch off for a minute i might miss the thing that will mean this whole film doesn't make sense to me but pretty woman it is that it's a straightforward kind of like will they won't they done end you know and and with lovely little meanders as you go um were there were there any scenes in this that you were looking out for that you were like excited for I mean, there's there is the 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 kind of the uh, the montage scene, right? That they make fun of in the film Dumb and Dumber as well, you know, with the with the titular song playing in the background, um, where you just see her kind of yeah trying on all the different outfits, and then it, it culminates in her going back to the shop that originally rejected her, kicked her out because <laughs> yeah. of her snobbishness. You know, it's kind of it's just Big a mistake. nice huge <laughs> all these old type of movies you've got to have a montage right whether it's a rocky training montage or whether it's a you know that's such a you know, 90s thing as well isn't it it really is you know it's so it, lovely, it really man. is like um so seeing her becoming like the fabulous kind of uh, uh, let's say what is it employee that, that he calls her doesn't he richard Gere yeah calls her yeah yeah by the end of the film um it's kind of sad that it's bit brilliant. though, like that you know that moment where he's like, "It's what does he say? Six nights, and Vivian, I will let you go." You know, and I was like, "Oh, don't remember yeah. it being that cutting." <laughs> you know, he's sort of like, he's a bit brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does feel it, but it's 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 again, it's kind of just showing you that uh, that character that he is, right? The person that's just got no real emotional depth to him he's so scared of I, I, yeah i think he's scared of getting attached to anybody or anything isn't he because of the yeah. sort of relationship he he had with his parents with his father in particular and i think gear does a really good job of that because you kind of you go into this film totally that he is the one holding all the cards yeah okay he's got he's got the money but you think he's kind of this infallible unshakable character he in the first scene he literally steals steals his mate's sports car and just takes it for a whiz around the city you know he doesn't he doesn't care at all after br like brutally dumping that that woman over the phone you know he uh he, 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 he but then it, it doesn't take long until he's kind of almost met somebody that all right maybe not as society would view it but who is his equal in julia roberts how quickly she disarms him with her kind of like probing line of questioning because 
she just doesn't she doesn't care about all the kind of like the superficiality that he's built up around himself right yeah. that that he that he scares and bullies other people with she couldn't care less about that and uh, i think that is the first step towards him being almost liberated from all of that right in in that when his own ego allows him to realize that it's actually quite nice kind of speaking to somebody uh, uh, that isn't really afraid of me as such um and even you know there is that there is that moment later on in the film isn't there when he when they do kind of end up having a bit of a barney and he just sort of slaps the money down and she doesn't take it and it's almost like i know it sounds silly but it's almost like she's passed the test in his eyes right like yeah yeah. he goes out and chases her straight away yeah one thing that stood out to me this time you know when he go is he going to ask her for directions or did it, it is he actually looking to pick her up? I think it's left purposefully quite ambiguous, don't you? Yeah, well, that's what I thought. That's what I, I took th- from it. Yeah, that, that it kind of, that there's enough there that you could yeah. go either way with it, but it kind of becomes, it, it, it could be an accident, it could be just fortuitous, it could just be circumstance, and they find themselves in that situation as opposed to one of them wants that situation if that makes sense what here's a question for you mate do you think you know that the bit i've just spoken about there do you think had she taken the money do you think he would have gone after her still no no that was but i felt that was very 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 kind of uh yeah very deliberate and also that leads to one of the best sit like best bits of the entire film and it's such a brilliant cameo she's ordered the lift she's picked up all of her clothes he goes outside and <laughs> yeah. there's the, 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 the what would you call it like the lift operator the concierge guy yeah. sort of pops his head out of the, the out of the lift and then she goes back inside and then he gets back in the lift but it's just he is a great casting he's just such a little dweeb but he's so perfect at it and he has that moment earlier on where he's sort of like checking her out and then Richard Gere sort of like essentially instructs him with his eyes to put his eyes back in and stop ogling yeah. her. It's really well, good. He, he's, he's, the, he's the guy that plays in Jingle All The Way, the the, yes. the, the store attendant when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger says, do you have a Turbo Man? And he just laughs, <laughs>, <Yeah>. laughs, laughs his face. This guy wants a Turbo Man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Mate, um, can I just say, I'm, I'm going to bloody go back to Oppenheimer again. If we're on the subject of, of of Christmas films, the guy who plays like Buddy's best mate in Elf is in Oppenheimer. Oh, really? Yeah. So in Oppenheimer, there is a like the this is just such an unbelievable bit of uh, bit of casting and and how on earth he became this this character just amazing. Um, let me try and find his name because he was he played quite a key role. He was basically kind of like um, Oppenheimer's sort of conscience, I guess, at, at certain points. Um, oh, my God, this is going to kill me. I'm slowing us down so much. His name is um, David Crumholtz. Um and he plays, and it's so funny because he was in Elf and he was like this sort of, again, like dweeby looking elf. Yeah. Um, and then he's turned up in Oppenheimer as Isidore Raby. And, and and he's like the guy with the kind of like slicked back hair. He's a bit overweight and he tells Oppenheimer to take the army uniform off. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and yeah, yeah, you, I know who you mean. It's so yeah. weird seeing these guys like out of context. It's so weird. Like you sort of, I really, really enjoy that, you know, and it was the same in Pretty Woman. There were so many of these little characters that you're kind of like, hang on a second. And another thing that I wanted to say to you at the time, I could be way off here, like way off. But in the opening sequence of Pretty Woman, there was a landlord kicking someone out of their flat for not paying their rent. I think that it was the guy from Friends who lives in the floor below them um, <laughs> who dies in the, one of the early seasons of Friends. He's the guy who uses the broom to yes. like, smash yeah, on the yeah. roof. 
And I was oh. like, is that him? Also, one of the cops, a young Hank Azaria as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, I love that, man. Yeah, Hank yeah. Is, just like what? And it, like, just seeing them pop up, like just absolutely amazing. So, so good. And um, to come back very quickly to, uh, to Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. Now, one of the things that sort of jumped out at me, their chemistry in the film, like this is why I think it gets so much of a pass in terms of some of the things that might be more troubling. Their chemistry is unbelievable. It's so good. And I yeah. don't, I actually don't, I wrote on the, the running order to say like, I genuinely don't know what that is. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what, how do you do that? How do you, how do you even create that? How do you know? Because I'm assuming they hadn't worked together before. You just turn up and then they're just, it's sort of like there's like a weird sort of like energy there that is just amazing. It's, it's, it's watching it is, yeah, it's mesmerizing. Do you think probably on a, on a really base level, it does help that they're both just very attractive people? Probably is, <laughs> it probably is really helpful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like the idea that, cause I mean, Richard Gere would have been quite successful by that point as well. So in terms of Julia Roberts coming to the film as a young person, she's like, wow, it's Richard Gere like off off of x y and z and for her coming in i mean she wasn't i think she had been in a in a few things so far but this was like what set her off you know this was the the thing i did she get a i think she got an oscar nom for this as well did she wow i think so um but yeah that that i mean that just it, the whole way through at so many different points like yeah nominated just, yeah for for best actress even little things like when they're at the opera and and he just kind of looks across at her, you know that like this is when you when you're watching films like this that are kind of classics. You start to really realise it's it's not just straightforward just saying the lines. There's just so much subtlety and little elements that that move you that are just lovely to watch. And those two, I mean, they are the centre of the film, but they're they're kind of just sheer kind of magnetism of the two of them. These sort of two kind of absolute forces in their own right going head to head is well, like it was brilliant. A, pr a prime example of it is. You know the 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 famous now scene of him kind of snapping the jewelry box down on her hand as like yeah. a Pac Man kind of thing. Yeah. That was improv'd, and her, oh, was her laughter, her reaction. Yeah, Richard Gere just did that spur of the moment to kind oh, of like to play man. around with her, and her laughter to it was genuine. And the filmmakers were like, "Yeah, go on, let's keep that in because oh, that's man. and that, that just kind of gives you the the full of everything you well, not everything you need to know. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. it, it really helps show you what their chemistry and what their relationship was like. That they could even be playful like that on set, oh, you know, while man, the film was rolling. It's so nice, isn't it? It's just such a like such a feel good film. There's so much to enjoy, and like like you said, that sequence, the op sequence, going through the the kind of the shopping sequence, and then even down to the character who I, I God completely I don't know his name, um, but the guy Richard Gere's character says we're going to need you to suck up a lot more to us. And then he sort of turns to him and says, you're not only a handsome man, but I can see that you're a powerful man as well. <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's so good. Suck up to her, not to me. Like, he's amazing. And he is in a film, he's in 10 Things I Hate About You as the dad in 10 Things I Hate About You that okay. makes, makes, the, makes the, his daughter wear around a, a, a fake pregnancy belly so she can feel the consequences of her decisions, which is just amazing. He's so good in this as that well. Is funny. That is interesting. Amazing little cameos, man. And then we also get, the, um, we also get a really good baddie, so Stucky, um, played by... Jason Alexander and my mind straight away went to Shallow Howe um, and he's the character in Shallow Howe who has a tail yeah, he's got yeah, like yeah, a yeah. prominent tailbone that he can wiggle around when he's excited and also <laughs> uh, um, God the famous one the, in Seinfeld you know his kind of yes. his, yeah, his, yeah. his Chandler Bing character you know yeah. it must have been a real shock for people to see him at the time playing a bad guy was it George? Is that his name? George Costanza. George Costanza in uh, in Seinfeld. Um, 
So to see him, yeah, like you say, I mean, because he's, he's, he is very funny. He keeps the, the humour ticking along throughout the film. And I guess that when he has his heel turn towards the end, right, it, it helps it even more, doesn't it? Yeah, he's horrible at the end, though. Like, he's a nasty little Well, yeah, shit, it's grim, like, isn't it? Really, really horrible. And, like, it it does then give you this quite... Um, it gives you then quite a, an interesting scene, right, where Richard Gere sort of punches him in the face. And, like, you, you, on the one hand, this is one of the key parts for me, actually, where I felt a bit uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable, that's actually where, because I love to film. But Richard Gere punches this guy in the face and you're, like, sat there like, yeah, get him. <laughs> and, then, and then you're like... Go on, punch the rapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're like, yeah. this is what we're, this is the yeah. these are the emotional stakes that you've built for us, really. Yeah, like, exactly. That. Literally, that's that's literally it. You're like, yeah, yeah, get him, go on, punch him, and then push him out, and then the world is right again, and everything's yeah. fine. Because he and won't the, do that to anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You don't need to worry about that. You've punched him now. Like, it, it, like it, it's like it is that it, kind of naivety of a '90s movie, isn't it? You know. Yeah, and 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 the idea that she would, the idea that we're led then to be like, wow, isn't she lucky? You know, the fairy tale has come through. Bash him in the bonds. No, it, you're fine. Because you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead into the fine wine or war crime stuff, but I think it is relevant to talk about. Do you think, out of interest, like with stuff like this, you know, we are kind of having a laugh about this. Not in a, you know, not in a, in a crass way. I hope nobody really takes it that way anyway. But do you think we give these films that are baked in more nostalgia for us in that they kind of were out at least in our lifetime? Um, do you think we give the the kind of like oh it was just different back you know how you know how you hear kind of yeah, older people yeah, now no. talk about horrific things and you're like yeah. oh my god that is so shocking it's just different back then it was just a bit more naive you know do you think we is this our equivalent of that are we kind of you know when you watch something like Pretty Woman are we like yes yeah, I mean yeah I get it it won't get made in 2023 and a lot of the themes of this aren't aren't cool but also. It's really nice and they've got really good chemistry and isn't Julia Roberts pretty? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. Do, I do, do, do you I, think I, it is veering into that? Territory? I don't know. I'm genuinely asking because I, no, I, I, I do I wonder. No, I think that's a good question. Because I, I, I think I deliberately, when we watch this, I deliberately, <laughs> I deliberately turned my like 2023 judgment on it to dial down to zero like i was like and enjoy the film you know i was just like just just kind of like <laughs> yeah. i said i just let the yeah, film yeah, yeah. kind of wash over me like waves of 90s nostalgia and in the same way right that i see lots of people um there are there's been so much i think kira knightley actually spoke a lot about the disney films about her not wanting to show her kids that I could be wrong there. So apologies if I am, but I think she spoke quite a lot about the idea of not wanting to show her kids, the old school Disney films oh, like really? Cinderella and sleeping beauty and, and things like that, because they didn't necessarily represent a version of like what, what a woman was. That... It's just all that woke nonsense, <laughs> isn't it, mate? That's all it is. Exactly. <laughs> Shouldn't be so fucking vulnerable then, should you? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, like, it's, you want it's... to do something different, then? <laughs> bacon, bacon, bacon. Um, yeah, it's, it's I know this, that, I, this is this is going to be the bit that Purdy clips up, isn't it? Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it like you can hear. It's, it's the thing that always comes. It like. This is a very niche reference, and I'm not many people are going to get this. But there's a there's a fairly prominent Tottenham Hotspur fan who regularly posts the same picture of the same nine people from the Question Time audience, and they've all got really red faces. They're super bold, and they're that they're, they're sort of aggressively pointing while they're talking, and their face is so scrunched up. You know, it's like how dare you take away our sleeping beauty. There were nothing wrong with it. Cinderella's <laughs> fine. Um, yeah, it, it, like I think sort of Kira Knightley had made this point, and again, could not even be heard. I'm just attaching her to this. But she sort of said that she she didn't necessarily feel comfortable showing those films. I do wonder whether this is 
the kind of adult version of that for us mm. that we kind of just put it on like it's a princess film and and she even says in the film right she's like i wanted the fairy tale i want the fairy tale and and it was quite funny actually watching it with 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 Shah and Christina as well because they're obviously like I I I know absolutely no shame in saying whatsoever like Christina's the boss right like yeah, I, yeah. I like to think that I'm the boss I'm not the boss she's in no. charge um, and she very much keeps me in 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 check and she's incredibly progressive um, and it was interesting watching with her because I can see in the same way that I have these kind of hang-ups with this film is that I imagine she does as well, whilst at the same time wanting to enjoy it yeah. and completely being in love with it in the same way that she always was because it there is something nice in... In, in the simplicity of, and then the pretty man and the pretty woman get together and they all live happily ever after, you know? Well, uh, do, do, I mean, do you take it as that? Do you take it as a, let's say, a, a fairy tale, right? As this kind of, I mean, as, as you said kind of previously, is it this kind of Cinderella reimagined? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, like, because Kit, the her sort of best mate, makes a little reference to that when she says name one time that this has ever happened and it sort of ever worked and and she sort of can't think of a single person and then she says cinderella and and i think it is i think it isn't a sort of knowing nod to that and i think it does the film is bookended in that way you know it's it's kind of like here's where it starts here's where it ends and like these two people are gonna sort of that they're going to end up together and that the, the obstacles they've got to overcome is the fact that she's a prostitute and he's an emotionally unavailable like CEO, you know, Sociopath, they, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he's huh? someone that basically wanted to kill his own dad and then steal his company. Like yeah. it, 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 it and, and I do think maybe, do you know what, maybe this just kind of like rolls into the kind of fine one, a war crime thing. And we can do that. We can do that before MVPs on this one. Cause it's, I think I think basically if you want to view this film as a fine wine you have to say at the start I will just have blind spots across the board on this. I'm going yeah, to look at it yeah. like you said I'm going to look at it as a piece of 90s filmmaking. I mean it literally was 1990. I'm going to look at it as at that time Richard Gere is a leading man. It's okay that he's 20 years older than the young, attractive sex worker who is fallen on hard times and he's going to sort of be fairly manipulative with um, because she wants a fairy tale and at the end he turns up in the limousine and they all lived happily ever after. The other side of that is that you can probably list out five, ten things that would be very good reasons why the film wouldn't be made in 2023, right? Yeah, I mean, this is always the thing about fine wine or war crime, right? As we've said from the very beginning, Mrs. Doubtfire, our first episode, the whole purpose of this is not to say, God, this is a terrible film and you're an awful person if you watch this, but it's more just to acknowledge the fact that, okay, these films are time capsules, but those time capsules don't stay at the time they were made in, right? They, they, they don't exist purely in a in a total bubble, right? We we mm. do have our own kind of present, you know, understanding of things that are acceptable and the way in which we probably should or, you know, shouldn't react to certain things within films. So yeah, like you say, I mean, there's absolutely not a chance this film gets made in twenty twenty three and nor should it, you know, really. That's the thing. <laughs> because like there are, you know, I mean like we say, you know, we do, we do, we have this complete kind of. We talk about it being a fairy tale, a complete fairy tale. Look at what sex work is. The, you know, it's it's uh, there's completely no danger in in their experience whatsoever, right? You know, they the the pair of them live in what almost represents a kind of like college dorm, the two of them, the, the place where they live, you know, where they're kind of like, oh, it's so hard and we've got this nasty pimp, but eh, you know, it's okay really because 
girls just want to have fun you know it's that well this is the other this is the other thing they i think they even say that like it's the guy's called like carlos or something isn't he yeah they, yeah yeah and, and and they even say like oh we don't have a we don't have a pimp you know and he's trying to convince her to to let let him be their kind of be their pimp but they're in this very privileged and fortunate position in that they're both gorgeous young women that are able to choose for themselves in an industry that that is not the case ever you know no one is just able to be well i'll just pick and choose the nice handsome billionaire gentleman and i'll go home with him you know yeah you know and and they're just showing you again like this the dynamic of it all in that he wants to he basically essentially wants to own her for for that week okay he's paying her yeah he dresses her. He chooses what she eats. You know, there's no, there's no real power balance there, other than in their, their, their moments together, their conversations with one another. And you know, I, I think that is that is very deliberate. I don't think it's particularly glorifying that. I, I mean, it probably is a bit. To be fair, I yeah. Think this it is why it's tough, right? Yeah. Because 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 I what I've done, I have I have sort of run this back and forth in my mind for the last. Yeah. When did we go? Since well, Thursday was it? Thursday, yeah. And I've been thinking about it so much, and it's really challenged me because I'm like, I love this film. I really enjoy this film, mm. and th- so I so my natural inclination is to try and see if I can do some mental gymnastics, and be like. Well, actually, she's in control because she decided how much money to charge and she sort of bartered with him to say, like, here's the rules of engagement and this is the amount of money that I would find acceptable in order. Like, and so on one hand, I'm kind of like making that argument in my head. And then on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, she's literally a, a sex worker and she is under total control from this guy to the point where he says, don't answer the phone but because he because he does it in like a charming way we're like <laughs> don't answer the phone he just told you not to answer the phone you know at the same time he's yeah. literally saying to her like you're not allowed to answer phone calls and you will stay in this kind of like very expensive prison and and, and i can't I, I i don't know i the answer is i don't know really but i don't know whether there is enough in this to suggest that she had enough control that it is not totally reprehensible yeah it it's tough isn't it man it's tough because uh, look i mean what they do is they try to claw some of it back and i think they do claw some of it back and i think there is something of a point in there where uh, you know they're saying look okay he's got all this money and he's taken her out of this life but she has rescued him because you know she does make that point at the end like you know the handsome prince comes to rescue her and then she says and she rescued him and then they kiss and the (laughs) the film ends right and so you're kind of like yeah okay i do get it and i think probably in this type of movie and at the time in which it was written that probably was seen as a pretty progressive message but i think to hold that up in 2023 and be like look you know it was kind of progressive really <laughs> look just, how progressive this film is about yeah, the prostitute yeah, like, you know what I mean? like you can't in good faith say that so i think this definitely is this is one of those films isn't it where like look i'm not if if somebody if somebody watches this and says on twitter i cannot believe you've done this film it's awful and offensive for all these reasons the only thing i could say to them is like yeah but it's kind of nice <laughs> like, it's nostalgic but i don't disagree with anything that you're saying no. so that's that's yeah. it isn't it maybe i'm like, the baddie for doing it this yeah, week yeah are we the bad guys you know, yeah, yeah like, exactly, isn't it yeah are we the baddies so. yeah and i do think like i mean oh I'll, I'll i'll chuck him out there he uh, is supposedly controlling well, supposedly he is controlling he's quite manipulative there's a point where she even has a conversation with another man and he makes it clear that he doesn't like it and that's enough mm. for, for him to tell someone else without 
her permission that she's a sex worker. He uh, is quite manipulative in the fact that she set clear boundaries with him, said like she didn't want to kiss on the mouth and then he kept pushing that as well. Um, He's quite sort of manipulative with the money thing as well in the fact that he's the one who controls the credit card and says, oh, I've bought you a condo and I've put money on a credit card as well. So it's never her money. And so there's all of these things that you're like... If anyone flagged them and said, this is why it's not really a good film in 2023, fair enough. The thing that I cannot shake is that watching it back, it made me soppy and feel really nice that it was just kind of a 1990 take on a fairy tale. And it was, like I've said so many times before, like putting on an old pair of jeans that fit you absolutely perfectly and just thinking like, this is so like, it's just so nice. And then the other thing we're we're watching it on a sort of balmy summer's evening with like a little, like little beer, a little sort of coffee, tea, snacks. It just, it, it was like the perfect environment to watch it in. And I just could not bring myself in any way to sit there and, pretend that I wasn't having a good time because I loved yeah, it. I absolutely loved that. it, mate. Entirely I loved that. it. Entirely that. So good. Like it was it, it was brilliant. And I'm also totally aware that in twenty twenty three probably would not get made in that way at all. And I think Julia Roberts has said that as well. But this is it, you know, life makes hypocrites of us all and I think, you know, you can recognise this stuff and also, you know, know that Sometimes little things are kind of little pockets of joy. And if you can derive joy from those things in, in a certain sense, then, you know, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> didn't do it. But then I'm sort of thinking people are like, wow, what if people enjoy pulling the heads off of kittens? You know, I'm like, shit. <laughs> don't press me on this stuff. It's too difficult. All right. It's just a this, nice film. <laughs> this is li- literally, mate, this is like, I mean, we had this in episode one, like you said, of Mrs. Doubtfire. Like it, there is some stuff in there that probably now wouldn't fly, but it's Mrs. Doubtfire and it's Robin Williams and it's your childhood. Ooh, so I'm not. You need a detail. Are the children well behaved or they need a few light slams every now yeah. and then? <laughs> it was a run by fruiting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my dear. God. What we're going to have to do that again. Let's just revisit do that. Revisit it. Yeah. After 100 eps, we'll go back. Go All back right. to Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, okay, who was your MVP? Julie Roberts, hands down. Like Ju- Richard Gere is great, but Julie Roberts, she brings the whole film to life. Mate. Julie Roberts is the she's the bee's knees in this, isn't she? Unbelievable. Um, and I wonder whether we're gonna get uh, whether we're gonna see some some harsh ratings because of recency sort <sighs> Ooh, of Ooh, yeah. I wonder whether that'll have a bit of an impact. Let's have a look, you see. Let's have a look. Let's go first to IMDb, Pretty Woman, nineteen ninety, up oh, seven point one on IMDb. How does that compare? That's, That's kind of fairly good, good, isn't it? Good, yeah. You know, so I, I'm, I wonder why they've never tried to reboot this one. Sixty four percent on Rotten Tomato and a sixty eight percent audience rating on okay. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, let's just dial down into some of those reviews. Let's just have a quick little look, shall we? So let's see. The Southern Voice Atlanta. The impersonal direction is Gary Marshall, whose work here amounts to a glistening mixture of sleaze and misogynist cliches. Can't really argue with that. Um, there you are. It uh, Zeta Shaw in session film. It fits into the romance genre, but it has some disgusting ideas to impart about what you can get out of a relationship and how men and women should view each other. It's misogynistic in its treatment of female characters. Yeah. Again, it's like one of those, you're like, yep, yep, I agree. <laughs> You've got me bang to rights. Um, but say uh, one of the nice, uh, not nice, <laughs> no, I'm not going to put this as a nasty or nice review. I just mean one of the, one of the favourable reviews. Another review. Was, the intelligence and wit of this glass slipper heart of girl fantasy are shocking too, but hell hath no part of the surprise. I don't really even understand that, but there you go. <laughs> uh, let's see what Metacritic say. Um, uh, what am I looking for? Pretty woman. I just got sidetracked because I saw that they'd given Oppenheimer 89 and Barbie 80. 
So Ooh. it's on their front page. Oof. Metacritic, 51. There you go. No badge, mate. No badge either. Yeah, try Johnson, to go to Paulson Johnson. Lacey and tell me it's a no jo- badge. 0%. It's per it's perfect stars. It's perfect that it stars Richard Gere as he is so smug that you can really believe <laughs> the only person who liked him is somebody who he buys. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. The Very movie good. displays an almost prenatural disregard for women's feelings. Um, but the comedy is so slickly delivered that audiences may be content with chuckling over its polished surface charms. Well, yes, I was. So, yeah, I, you know I was what? completely satisfied with Stick that. Stick that up, your polished surface charm, Henry <laughs> Shearmouth of Hollywood Reporter. Um, <laughs> to be fair, these are all things that we kind of, of we kind of picked out. And They're I mean, all relevant. We, all, we've yeah. said multiple times, like, maybe these are films to watch in IMAX, in the cinema, in the uh, like one you can watch on streaming or you watch on a tablet or your phone. If you can watch this film... On a nice summer's evening at a kind of like big open air cinema, go and do it because it is it's yeah. perfect for it, and it was brilliant. And uh, cheers for suggesting it, mate. That was such a lovely watch. It, well, even even if it's not on a uh, on a on an outdoor cinema, because you know we've kind of always flirted with the idea of having one of these like rating systems but we can even do it quite informally i think we've been talking about nolan been talking about barbie at the top end what sort of mediums screens and such you need to appreciate them on i reckon with this you could get away with this on pretty much anything phone tablet tv cinema all of it right yeah, I'm I'm 100%. If this it's on actually this is another little fun fact about this. It's a Disney film. It's it's, it's 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 Disney have part of the rights to it. So it's on Disney Plus. Um <laughs> yeah, incredible. Um so I would definitely recommend getting that one on the go on like a yeah, if you're going to do your Sunday night film, this is a perfect one to watch and then listen to us back. Um but I'm assuming Barbie you can get away with the cinema and uh, Oppenheimer, if you can, it's an IMAX jobby. Definitely an IMAX jobby. Do it if if you can find it anywhere. IMAX seventy millimeters if you can, but if not, IMAX and then yeah, just see it in a cinema though. See it in a cinema because that will really heighten the experience. But mate, the past is past. I want to know what I'm looking, what I'm staring down the barrel. I'm here on the Trinity test site. What bomb are you dropping on me? Oh, because we skip, be. we skip this for this week, and I'm I'm here. I'm I'm on the countdown. I'm you know I've pushed the big red button. I'm I'm so excited to do this one because uh, it's it's one that I had on my original list, and it was actually going to be further down the line, um, but then this week on uh, the oh, sorry the week just gone, I was kind of looking for something new to watch on Netflix. And I think it might have been Big John Bass who said he'd watched the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary okay. um, and he'd given it a big talk up. And I, I, maybe, it, I think it was. Might be, yeah, I think it was. And so I was like, well, I'll give that a look. And it was br- it's fascinating, like genuinely amazing documentary. And I like we'd where this is going, mate. That's what we'd I'm mentioned saying. Jingle All the Way, <laughs> and we'd mentioned um, what was the name of the one that it was Jingle All the Way, wasn't it? Where he has to go yeah, and get yeah. there, um, and Turbo Kindergarten Man. Cop, and all of these brilliant films. But for me, it, he first scared the life out of me as the Terminator. But we're not going to do the Terminator. Oh, we're going to do Terminator. We're going to do Terminator Two: Judgment Day because Mate. I think, oh. I think for me, Robert Patrick as the T One Thousand is one of or T Eight Hundred is he? No, the T One Thousand. T One Thousand, yeah. Yeah, a, a liquid metal, one of the most scary baddies in any film ever, and also what an unbelievable pivot to be the baddie in one film to then being the kind of goody in the next whilst also being a baddie at the same time for a Schwarzenegger. What like, a film. Like, uh, just amazing, amazing soundtrack, like amazing kind of, again, the action in it, unbelievable. And if, for anyone listening, if you 
have got a spare hour or two this week to watch the Arnold Schwarzenegger doc. It's broken down into three episodes. It's athlete, actor, American are the three episodes. So it looks firstly as him trying to become Mr. Universe. Secondly, him trying to become an actor and, and break Hollywood. And then thirdly, trying to become a politician. And the second episode where he's talking about trying to break Hollywood is magnificent and it will go very nicely alongside Terminator 2. But that's where we are. Mate, what a film. What a film. Bit intense as well. That. So I'm going to, I might try and do that on. Yeah, exactly. It spawned all those brilliant memes for Oppenheimer. You know, the playground scene at the beginning, people saying, like, you know, yes. this is going to be me yeah, watching yeah, Oppenheimer yeah. and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and I mean, there's so many iconic lines as well. Um, but yeah, I might want to try and do that one on Friday night or something, you know, when it like in the dark so it can scare the life out of me. Oh, but no, um, no. make sure you, you get in touch with us if you've got thoughts on Barbie, Oppenheimer, Pretty Woman at BYOD Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. We'll try and read some comments out next week because we had some lovely messages through. Um, yeah, hope you enjoyed the pod this week and get like stuck and into Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs>